It's all right. Hey, good morning. Turn with me to Peter chapter 4, please. First Peter chapter 4. And it is good to see everyone here today. Starting to get a little chilly. Just talking with uh, Ben John and his wife. And I, I think in Minnesota they call this fall. In, in our winter they call it fall. So, as, as yeah, yeah. So, they're, uh, while everybody's battening down the hatches, getting ready for a rough winter, they're like, where's the beach? So, <laughs> Hey, uh, what, what Jonathan uh, and Aaron talked about with communications, we are really trying to upgrade our communications uh, systems here at, at the church. I uh, send out prayer requests and up text updates, uh, but the apps I use, uh, don't. I've, uh, apparently I don't use them properly because it randomly kicks people off. And it's not anything, I'm not mad at you, I'm not cutting you out of the church or anything. It's not me. I didn't do it. Um, so uh, Jonathan uh, found a program that we're going to be using that uh, encompasses everything. And uh, if you want to receive, uh, if you want to receive the prayer request that I send out uh, by the end of this week, okay, by by the end of this week, we're going to be switching over to the new system, okay. So text that up there if you want to get updates for the weather cancellation. We do it a lot of different ways. But the quickest way we let people know that services have been postponed or canceled or anything like that is through the text uh, system. So any kind of communications, it's not, listen, we're not getting your social security number. You're not going to be getting random deliveries from Amazon, okay? Anything like that. Um, it's just a matter of us trying to upgrade our communications. And uh, so don't be afraid. It's okay. Um, and uh, do that, and, and we'll switch everything over. Uh, and if you, if you have the old church phone number, uh, literally, I don't even know if people know the church had a phone number. Uh, we shut that off because in the two years we had it, there were only three phone calls to it. So I said, well, why? Yeah. And uh, so this number that you're texting to, that's going to be the church phone number. It rings directly to my phone. Uh, so uh, I don't understand how all it works. The only thing that matters is Jonathan does. So... Uh, and we'll, we'll get that all taken care of. But uh, it's uh, kind of exciting to see where things are going. And it's great to see such a great crowd out here uh, in November. It's November already. Isn't that crazy? We've, uh, we've been talking about the topic of what next. After Jesus has shown us how to live, shown us by his example of walking the earth, teaching and preaching and set, just setting the example of how to be, uh, how to be Jesus, the question for us is, well, what next? What do we do next? What do we do with this? And we've been talking about different things we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to be, we're, today we're going to be talking some about the church. Uh, next year, our, uh, we always have a theme, and, and for several months in the year, uh, I preach on uh, a central theme. And I've prayed a lot about uh, the theme for next year. This year's with Each One Reach One. We spent a lot of time talking about evangelism and getting out and telling people about Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I hope you've grown and, and learned a lot from that. But next year, it's kind of different. Um, the, the theme for next year is life is a church. And what we're going to be talking about is the church. We're going to be getting, un, getting into what the church is, what it's about. Um, 
and how it applies to your life. How today, listen, the church is under assault today. Not, not the church itself, but the relevance of the church. And we, I want to, next year it's going to be a long series of long preaching series about why the church is relevant, why it's important, and why it's vital in your life as you walk with Jesus Christ. So I'm excited about it, and I hope you'll pray about it and, uh, and pray for it, because it's, it's kind of, for me, it's going to be an exciting year. Now, started last week uh, talking about this, uh, what next, part four. This is what next, part five. I am a master at sermon topic, sermon titles. Just change the number, right? What next part five? Last week, we started off with this. Resolved, in order for a church to grow and be effective in its God-given call to grow believers and evangelize their communities, the individual members of the church must take responsibility for their church, for their spiritual lives, and the lives of their children. That is something you will hear from this pulpit constantly. I will not lay out a list of do's and don'ts for the people of this church. We will not have a list of standards to follow. What happens when you do that is people think that this is what makes me spiritual. And that's not, that's not what we're looking for. What we will do here is teach the word of God, preach the word of God, and then leave it to you to decide on it and, how, and, and decide how to apply it to your life. Because ultimately, you're the one that will stand before Jesus Christ and answer for the way you lived your life, not me. I'll answer for my life, I'll answer for the way I ran my home, and I'll answer for the way I ran this church. But I'm not going to stand before God and answer for your life. You will. Therefore, you need to take responsibility for it. Same thing with the responsibility for your children and your children's walk with the Lord. It's, all, it, it's up to you. We are a, we're assistants for you. We as a church are here to stand next to you, uh, stand behind you, lift you up, help you, and... Uh, and when, you, when you're ready to hang the kids by their toenails, uh, we're there to talk you down from the ledge. That's not a good thing. I've ever, how many of you, uh, by the way, happy Veterans Day to all you uh, servicemen and women. And uh, those of you who are veterans, those of you who are veterans in the making, you're still in there. Happy Veterans Day uh, for tomorrow. And uh, get a free meal somewhere, right? Get a free meal. What's that? Yes, you get, uh, ask Mike Aubrey. He's got the list, man. Mike, Mike travels all day going from free breakfast to free lunch, and then Mike and I meet together, and we go to um, every soldier's favorite dining place, um, the Golden Corral. Uh, yes, Golden Corral. Slap on the feed bag at the Golden Corral. And uh, it's, a, it's a, yeah, the food may not be good, but you get to be around all these vets, and some of the stories these guys tell are just amazing, and uh, just being able to be there, it's, it's, a, it's a good time. But um, I got way off my topic, so we'll just jump back to the sermon here. How's that? Um, when we as a church focus on our own spiritual depth, God will take care of our corporate breadth. When we do our best, when we do our job, our part, to take care of our own spiritual depth, then God will grow his church. This means that we each must commit to grow in our faith. Our text is 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. It might be up on the screen. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. 
If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. What I love about the fact that we as Christians, as followers of Christ, are supposed to do everything in our, in, in our lives, every ministry that we perform, every act of service that we do, is supposed to lift Jesus up and to bring glory to his name. What I love about that is that it takes the pressure off us to perform. Now, you may see it differently, but for me, it takes the pressure of performance off of me. I do it in the power of Jesus. I do it under the direction of Jesus, and I do it for the glory of Jesus. And then he does, what it, does with it what he will. Everything we do as a church and as an individual should be done for the glory of God. Now, we've, we taught, we've, we've been going through this and talked about a couple things. We, now that you know your direction and your value, it's important for you to understand that God created a place for you to invest that life and those gifts for his kingdom. God didn't just uh, bring you to himself. He didn't just have his son die on the cross for your sins so that you could just sit around and wait to go to heaven. He created a place and designed a, an organization, if you will, where you can get involved and invest your life, your talents, and your abilities into building the kingdom of God. A place to connect so that you can learn and grow and prosper God's way. A place where you can do your part to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. God created the church as his vehicle for the growth of his children and the spread of his kingdom message. Will build. When Jesus said in Matthew, I will build my church, will build is a verb. Now, I am not an English scholar. I barely got through English in junior high school. Forget high school. I barely got it, but I do know that, that a verb is an action word, right? Will build means that Jesus is going to do it. He will build his church. God is saying that he's going to definitely do something. In this case, he said that he will build the church, a group of people that, if functioning properly, will share his message of love, grace, and forgiveness for the world, to the world. If the church is functioning properly, that's what we'll do. Everything we do will be focused around Jesus Christ and his message and his love. It doesn't matter how other people don't love you. It doesn't matter how other people fight against you. It doesn't matter what other people say and do against you or the kingdom of God. If you are connected to him and doing everything you can to build the church and build the kingdom of God, he will build his church. Now, Spoiler alert, sometimes we just need this reminder. You will have disagreements, you will have challenges, you will have struggles, you will have offenses, and times sometimes that you just want to pack up and leave the church. I will not ask you to raise your hands, but I'm wondering in your heart, if you'll be honest, how many of you would say that? There are times where I just want to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm, I'm done. I want to walk away. It's too much of a struggle, especially in a situation where you're volunteers, right? You give your time to serve. Maybe the response has been, I don't need, I don't need this. This is not what I signed up for. 
I won't get this kind of grief anywhere else. Can I just, can I just give, give some, some foundation to why it is so difficult sometimes to get things, to, to, to get along, and why we have some things in the church that seem like monumental struggles? Satan. <laughs> one word, one name, Satan. What we do here is kingdom work. What we do here builds individuals to reach the world for Jesus Christ. We have an enemy, the Bible tells us, that goes around like a roaring lion to devour people. And the Bible tells us to be careful in the church that we love each other and not devour each other. Because that can happen in the church. It's vitally important that we understand that you will disagree with people. We, have, we are in a polarized time in our society where there's no gray area. You're either for or against. You're either with or you're not. It's a, it, I don't know what to say about that. There's no, there's no room for common sense sitting down in a calm conversation about things. Everybody needs to fight about everything. I was talking with Vicki. She's in the nursery. And I said, it's to the point now where I, I, there's only a couple things I watch on TV, and they usually are on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, uh, you know, and Impractical Jokers. <laughs> that's, that's about it, man. That's about it. Um, I, I, if I wanted somebody's opinion, I'd, I'd ask for it. I don't want your opinion. And it seems like nobody has a... This is, this is sad, and I'm, this, may, this is making a point because it's come over into the church. Nobody has a problem with lying today. Nobody has a problem with lying today because truth is relative, and your, this, your truth is your... No, your truth is not your truth. The truth is the truth. Okay? That's what it is. Unfortunately, that kind of idea has, has come into the church to where now, if we have disagreements, people think, well, I'm going to get my truth out there first. Well, listen, I don't really care what your truth is, your version of it is. I don't even care what my version of the truth is. You know what I care about? What God's version of the truth is. Because he said he will handle matters. That's all that matters. And in a church situation, it doesn't. we do not have to be in constant agreement over everything in life. We can agree to disagree, but we must get along in the church because Satan will try to use those areas that we disagree on to destroy the church. And what we do here and what Jesus is building here is much more important than my opinion. And it's much more important than your opinion. And we have to understand that that everything we do, like Peter tells us, must be done for God's glory. We all are created differently. We all have different, uh, different uh, mentalities. We all have different feelings. Today, we're living in a, a day and age where, man, I've never in my life met and seen so many powerful, strong women who have no problem speaking out. Can I, can I just share something with you ladies? I think that's awesome. What I think is even more awesome is that if you'd use that for the glory of the kingdom of God. Speak out. Speak truth. But make sure the truth you speak is the truth of the word of God. Okay? We don't want to go back to the old days when uh, 
when you shake your glass, when a husband shakes the glass and a woman has to run, fill it, okay? I saw, I saw that in a church one time, one of the old staff pastors, he was a, he was a seniors pastor of the church, and we're having a church fellowship, and um, this old gentleman, what a wonderful guy, he looked over at his wife and he shook his glass like this, and she got up and she ran up, and all the young women in the church were like, <laughs> and they looked at their husband and said, I'll stab you in the heart. Like, wow. So I learned, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay? Just not going to happen. Okay? But make sure, make sure that the causes you take up are worthy causes of the kingdom of God. Make sure that they're causes worthy of sharing the God, uh, causes that will help you advance the the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think there's a lot out there that is. Listen, the fact that, the, the fact that everyone is empowered now to speak, listen, everybody can have their, own, their story. I think that's important. Tell your story. Tell your story. And tell your story with how Jesus Christ has gotten you to the place where you are an overcomer. And the grace of God can, can reach into their lives and change them too. It's important. We don't have to agree on everything because we're not the same. What's important is that we agree on this. Everything we do should bring glory to Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, a person of character will work through issues. People of character, a church of character will work through problems. And they'll get to a place where they rise above it and continue moving forward for the kingdom of God. Get ready, man, because we're, we are, it, it seems like we're never not in election season. But next year, whew, when January hits, mm, th this is a no politics zone, this church. Don't bring any voting things in here. Don't bring anything in here like that. We don't do that in this church. I don't care. I, listen, I, you vote for who you pray about. If you've got a piece from God to vote for, oh, Dr. Seuss. Vote for Dr. Seuss. But when we come in here, we're children of God and we're citizens of heaven. And that's what's important. That's what's important. Have a, have a kingdom view in everything you do, including the way you vote. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, true brothers and sisters in Christ that try to get a church, try to build a church will be forgiving of others accepting of their own problems and issues and will desire once again that God be glorified. Remember this. Jesus said, I will build my church, not you will build my church. That's an important distinction. What, and that's what I said. The pressure is off when we understand that. He says, I'll build my church. If you lift me up, I'll take care of the rest. If you bring glory to my name, if you live your life in such a way that uh, you're, you're glorifying me and, and doing what I say in the, in, in, according to the word of God, according to what I've taught you, then I will bring people to you. I will give you open doors. Remember what he says in Revelation, behold, I lay bef I, before I place before you an open door that no man can shut. That th those open doors will be there as long as you're glorifying Jesus Christ. Now, where do we go? What's, what's the next thing we need to do? After you've decided your direction and after you've determined your value, next one is don't, don't panic here. Third one is you need to join your church. Now, joining your church in this instance is not 
church membership. That's not what we're talking about. Because I'll be real honest, something that many pastors probably won't do, but I'll do it. Um, we do not have a biblical mandate to join a church. Church membership is not a biblical mandate. We do that. There's, a lot, there's different reasons for it. I think I'm, I'm scratching something here. Um, we do there, one, one thing is uh, for legal purposes, you have to have membership role and things like that. But uh, it's a church membership is a man-created thing to get people on the rolls. There's nothing evil or sinister about it, but it's not a church mandate. So what we're talking about here is not um, joining your church membership. What I'm talking about is joining the church, getting on board with the church, getting into what we are doing here at church, throwing yourself into the church, not just attending your church, taking ownership of your church and contributing to your church. Going from saying, Pastor John, I love your church to saying, Pastor John, I love my church. You see, when, when the, that's a pronoun, right? Yours and mine, those are pronouns, right? See, I told you I'm not a, scholar, I'm not a, not a grammar person. Um, when the pronoun changes, and it goes from your church to my church. Now you've taken ownership and taken possession. Now, you have, now you've taken responsibility for what goes on here. And now you can see that, hey, my life uh, is better when I'm connected to a church. I have value that I can bring to the church. And there are things that I can do in the church that will help that church become better, will help that church become stronger, and will, will expand the reach of this church for the kingdom of God and the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, how do you do that? I want to give you four quick ideas, four quick steps that you can take to join your church. The first thing is this, you join its mission. You join its mission, and that is learning, growing, and spreading the, the word of God. I try to make it very, very simple here at New Life. We are here to, to learn about the word of God, and to spread the word of God, and to live the word of God. It's, it's pretty simple. We're not here for anything else. We're not a social club. We're not a political activist group. We're a group of people that come here, and all I want to see done here is people have giving people access to what they need to grow in their faith. Grow in your faith. We want to provide a children's ministry that uh, I, the, uh, Zach's not in here, the, the Christmas thing, the Christmas theme for the children's ministry is, is uh, it's, fro it's frozen. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's frozen. No lie. Um, the plan, I'll tell you because it's, just don't tell your kids right now. We have a guy that, um, they're, they're not here today. I think their granddaughter was born, uh, Brian, and, uh, Brian and Debbie Whitaker. Um, Brian, a real old friend of mine. <laughs> Brian, Brian's going to be leading singing for the children in an Olaf costume. All right? It's fun. It's fun, right? I, I'm not going to leave singing, period, especially not in an Olaf costume. But, um, and that's, that's fun. You know what? It engages kids. It takes advantage of what's going on in uh, what Frozen 2 is coming out, right? I know that because I have eight-year-old kids that watch cartoons. I don't know when the last time I watched a real live human being movie. Uh, but we bring it in here, and there's going to be a scriptural, biblical basis brought to it. 
And it's going to get the kids' attention because we want to give you something to add to your family to help you raising your children. Not to raise your kids for you, but to give you the opportunity to bring your kids here so that they can learn and they can grow. We want to give you the opportunity. That's why we're, we're adding Bible studies, opening, opening doors and opening opportunities so that you can grow in your faith. That's, that's joining the mission of the church. Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47 Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. Today it seems like people are, find, are, 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 are trying to find reasons to leave the church, biblical reasons to leave the church. And you have people over and over again, who I've, I've got friends who are in ministry now who stand against the local church. Like, guys, it, it, that's, not, that's, not, that's not truth. The, when, when the church exploded here in the book of Acts, the first century, they were meeting every day. They were inviting their friends every day. Every day from house to house. They were having a meal and they were talking about the word of God. And people were being added to the church daily. Do you see a correlation as we get farther and farther away from being in church and we take more and more, take, take, uh, make, make the importance of the church in our lives and in our families less and less, the reach of the church and the impact of the church and the impact of your faith in your life and the lives of others gets less and less and less. What we need to do is join the mission of our church and realize that it's important that we take care of our lives spiritually we take care of our homes spiritually, and then we get involved in our church to further the mission of Jesus Christ. The time for depending on others for your spiritual knowledge is over. Listen, the time for, the time for saying, well, my pastor says this is over. Well, my church says this is over. It should be over in your life. It's time for you to start personal devotions in the Bible. It's time for you to dig in every day Listen, uh, any, how many of you get daily text messages or, or uh, uh, emails, the, the verse of the day, right? And, and you read this, it's, it's awesome, man. Getting all, getting all this, all this uh, information. <coughs> time for having personal devotions is now. It's time for you to join your church family in a Bible study. It's time for you to own your own spiritual growth. It's time for you to take responsibility for the stability of your church in every area, spiritual, physical, and financial. It takes study to grow, people to build, and money to pay the bills to be part of it all. Join your church. Join your church. Become a part of your church. Jump in. Man, listen. It's good enough for you. It's important. It's important. God is continuing to build new life. We're continuing to see new people come in and connect. But, I, but let me be honest, okay? Let me be very honest. We have over 200 people in New Life Church. But our average attendance is a little over 100 every sun, just about every Sunday. Now, a couple years ago, it was in the 40s, so it's come a long way. But I would much, much rather prefer seeing a church of over 200 having the attendance over 150 and getting closer to 200. I'd actually like to see everybody that calls themselves a new lifer in church every Sunday. That'd be my desire. What keeps us 
from being faithful to church as much as we can be, aside from work and family things and that kind of stuff, our spiritual growth, our spiritual commitment, and our commitment to the church. It's time to join the church. The second thing we need to do, after joining its mission, we must understand its purpose. Understand the purpose of the church. Understand its purpose. The purpose, I mentioned it already, the purpose of the church is to build the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Everything we do. When I sit down with Zach and we talk about ministry, when I sit down in Aaron and we talk about ministry, and we sit down and talk to some of the other leaders and the deacons, and we talk about what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be going, it all has to come back to the central theme and idea and concept of, is this kingdom building stuff? Is this kingdom building stuff? Because if it's not, then we don't need to have it as part of our church. Everything we do, our bridge events with the community, they're done with the idea of making those connections so that we can build the kingdom of God by reaching people with the message of Jesus Christ. Now, as I was, uh, as I was going over my message yesterday, yesterday afternoon, uh, late morning, I guess it was. I'm sitting at the table, at the dining room table, and uh, Aaron had run out to the store, and Gabriel and Michael were there. And Gabriel and Michael came over to me, and you know they're they're reading now, and they're reading too much. And uh, uh, they came over and they're standing next to me, and they're reading my sermon on the computer screen, and they're sounding out the words. I thought that was so awesome. And I said, Hey guys, do you want me to tell you what I'm preaching tomorrow? And, yeah, Daddy, that'd be awesome. So I started reading it to him. I read him the, I read him the first Peter. I read him the, the text, and I explained it to him. What a great opportunity I had with my boys to teach my boys. And, and I'm going down through the points. <laughs> my sons gave me some profound quotes to put in our message today. Now, I have no idea how Gabriel got a hold of this, except for the fact that he's been paying attention when I've been talking at home or listening to or playing, because I replay my sermons sometimes on my computer and listen to them. But here is, here is what Gabriel Chase needs you and wants you to know about understanding its purpose. Each one, reach one. By Gabriel Chase. Each one, reach one. He said, Daddy, you need to put each one. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you absolute truth, man. He says, you need to put each one reach one in your sermon. I said, okay, I'll find a place for it. I'll find a place for it. That's our purpose here. Each one reach one. That's our theme for this year, remember? Each one reach one. And that's our purpose. My eight-year-old, one of my eight-year-old sons is getting it. We need to reach out. That's the purpose of our church. To reach the community with the message of Christ and build the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning of verse 19 says, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Man, that's a powerful opening there. If you've been here any length of time, folks, you're not strangers and foreigners to this church anymore. You're new lifers, okay? Whether you like it or not, we're not going to tattoo it on your body, but it's not a bad idea. But, but, you're a new lifer. You're not a stranger. You're not a foreigner anymore. You're a new lifer. Okay? He goes on, and he says, um, 
but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Each one reach one. What do I get from this? Man, the time for excuses is over. Time for excuses is over. It's time to fish or cut bait, right? Is that what the fishermen say? I'm not a fisherman. If you want to go fishing, call my wife. She'll go fishing with you. I just, unless I have like, uh, unless I have a radio with a baseball game on and a cooler full of snackage, <laughs> healthy stuff, Aylin. Yeah, gluten-free, vegan. vegan. I don't know. Does, does, does Milky Way make a vegan candy bar? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. But, well, chocolate is a vegetable or a fruit, but it's not a meat, so it's okay. Um, it's time for you to start sharing your faith. It's time for you to start living your life in such a way that you share your faith. That doesn't mean you stand on a soapbox and start preaching on the corner. That means that you start living your life in such a way that your light shines to others. At work, at home, uh, wherever it is you go. That you live in such a way. Like the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, love justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Man, that's, that's letting your light shine. And when you do that, the Bible says God will open up doors and bring people in your path where you'll be able to share your faith. It's time for you to start building the kingdom of God through New Life Church. I'm, I'll make it an unapologetic, open, open invitation for you to get involved now. It's time. You've been here long enough, folks. You've been, you've been, been here long enough. Get involved. Jump in. The water's fine. I'm a Rams fan, but I'm not crazy. Once again, thought that was going to be funny. Wasn't funny. Okay? Didn't, didn't work. <clears throat> Understand its purpose. The third thing we've got to accept, third thing we have to do is accept its structure. Got to accept the structure of the church. A church is to be run a certain way. Churches, there are things that are supposed to be done through a church. And everything has got to be funneled according to the word of God. Everything in a church must be funneled through the, the lens of the Bible. We have to do things biblically. So that means we have to accept its structure. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25. Now this may take a turn that you didn't think it was going to take, but let me bring it out here. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as the habit of some, uh, as, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Time for making excuses, feeling sorry, yourself, sorry for yourself and blaming others and depending on others to do the work is over. It's over. It's time to own your walk with the Lord. It's time to own your responsibility of service to the Lord and involvement in the kingdom of God and involvement in a local church. I know many of you have, been, have heard people say and have conversations with people, I don't need to be part of a church. Yes, yes, you do. Okay, listen we can have that we can have this this discussion all day we can run around and you and people can make this kind of argument and people can make these kind of assertions and every time somebody does it's non-biblical 
It doesn't, it's, it's taking scripture out of context. The fact of the matter is you need to accept the fact that the structure of the church is that every believer needs to be connected to one. There's no way to get around it. If you want to honor Jesus Christ with your life, you do it by being part of a local church. That's just the fact of the matter. See what I mean? You can argue against that or you can reject that, but you're rejecting God's word. Okay? And I'm not being flipper or, uh, or being uh, sarcastic there. That's the honest truth. The local church is God's vehicle to reach this world. And you need to be a part of one. I think, I think you're here today and a good one. So why not jump on board and get involved somewhere? Understand, the first part of uh, verse 24 says, let us watch out for one another to provoke one another to good works. You cannot have verse 25, which says, not neglecting to be in church without verse 24. We don't browbeat each other and pick on each other and beat each other up about being in church. We love each other. And when we love each other and we support each other and we lift each other up, then coming to church is not a burden. You actually want to be here because you know that, man, it's been a rough week. And I can go here and I can get rejuvenated. I can sing some of that worship and, uh, and just enjoy it. And uh, I walked in on the worship team practicing and uh, our, our drummer went off on a, do, a different version. Of his. It was awesome. And, uh, and that was danceable music, so we're not allowed to do it. So, but, it but you know what? It lightened my mood and it, it really lifted up my spirits for the Lord. And I was excited about things. When, when verse 24 is true, where we watch out for each other and provoke each other to love and good works, then verse 25 will not be difficult at all. We'll want to be in church. Everyone plays a different role in the church. You may not be this or that, but whatever you are in the church, you are important. And remember that. We talked about that last week. Lastly, what we need to do is this. When it comes to joining our church, we need to love its people. We need to love its people. And the second youngest Chase son twin wants you to know something important about loving its people. Michael was reading this and he says, Dad, you need to put this in there. Never judge a book by its cover. I thought, well, that's awesome. Well, that's just awesome. And he's like, Dad, it's got to be there. It's got to be. He was very adamant. It's got to be there, Dad. Never judge a book by its cover. Isn't that what it's about here? That's why we do what we do. That's why there's no dress code to come to new life. That's why there's no, no, uh, no, um, no rules about not having your coffee or anything. We don't want to judge. That's why we make light of, of people who don't like people with tattoos. I tell people new life is a church where it's a two-tattoo minimum. Right? Not really. So if you don't have any, don't worry about it. I've, my next one coming up, because of my leg, you'll get this. On the back of my right calf, I'm getting the face of Iron Man. It's going to be my next tattoo. Right? 
Never judge a book by its cover. How many times have you met somebody and you look at them and say, wow, really? And then you get to know them. It's like, wow, really? Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. How many times in school, the guys that, you play, that played baseball, did the nerdy kid, science freak, show up for baseball practice and a guy jacked the ball all over the field? Because you don't have to be an athlete to play baseball. You just, right? But you looked at him, you said, no, that's not going to work. You know what I'm talking about. We judge people by the outward appearance. What did Samuel, what did, what did God say to Samuel? Don't look on the outward. That's what, that's what man does. That's what human beings do. They look on the outward. I look on the heart. I look on the heart. Here at New Life, folks, we need to love each other. Unashamedly and with passion. Because a lot of people that come in here during the week or, or, or on Sundays, during the week don't get a lot of love out there. They get a lot of judgment. They get a lot of ugly. They get a lot of anger. They get a lot of noise in their lives. In here, what they need to get a lot of is love. We need to love each other. Don't judge your book by its cover, as that theologian Michael Chase tells us. Don't judge a book by its cover. Get to know each other. Love each other. Pray for each other. That, come, that, that, that is with children, too. You know, don't judge kids by how you see them act all the time. And don't judge families by the way their kids are. Don't judge book by its cover. Love the people of God. Romans 13, uh, Romans 15, verses 5 through 7. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. It's time for division and anger and separation in the church and in churches to be over. It's time for it to be over. It's time for it to be over. Petty, petty squabbles, time to bury them, folks. Petty differences, time to bury them. Time to get over these things. Some of you, it's time to get over those petty squabbles that you had in other churches that you brought with you. I watched the movie on, I think it was on Netflix, um, Pilgrim's Progress. How many of you ever read the book Pilgrim's Progress? It's the number. It's the second best-selling book of all time, next to the Bible. Bible's number one. Pilgrim's Progress is number two. John Bunyan wrote it in uh, the 1500s. I think he was in prison, and it's all a pilgrim is the main character, and it's all about his journey to the celestial city, and it's an allegory about the Christian walk, and uh, it's pretty powerful, pretty powerful. And as soon as Pilgrim started on the journey. He had a heavy weight on his back. He carried a heavy burden. And he carried that burden everywhere he went, and it weighed, it weighed him down. Sometimes it drove him to his knees. And it was always, always a drag on him until he met Jesus at the foot of the cross. And that burden fell off his back. Some of you are carrying a burden of anger and division, whether it's in this church or other churches, that you need to let go of. It's a new day at New Life. It's a new time for you at New Life. 
It's a time for you to let go of the past and embrace the present and build for the future. It's time to let go of the things that will divide you from other people. Not necessarily divide our church, but things that will divide you from other people and things that divide you from God and things that keep you from giving all you have to the kingdom of God. It's time to lay those burdens down and allow him to give you the strength to move forward. It's time to love each other. It's time to get to know each other and get along. One thing I love about our church is we don't have too many people who sprint out the doors. I had a, a, an old, a, a friend was up here a while back and he noticed that about our church. He said, it seems like the people in your church really like each other. Well, that's nice. Glad to hear that. You know, get to know each other. I'm not saying you have to cook dinner for each other. I, that's fine with me. It's fine with me. Um, I get about three months to eat as much as I can. Tuesday, I get, I, I, those of you who, know, who don't know, I have the lap band. I've had it on for 12 years and it's worn out. So I'm getting my stomach cut out. Pretty cool. Um, Gonna have that done. Wow, okay. <laughs> Not Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm getting the band off. But then I'm gonna have that gastric sleeve because I'm old and I know I eat too much and I need to be skinny because I wanna be around for my young wife and my two boys. I wanna be healthy. So, there. Thank you very much. Moving on. Uh, uh, um, so, I've got like three months to eat. I'm trying really hard not to, right? I'm trying really hard not to. But, and, and my surgery is Tuesday, and guess where I'm gonna be Monday? Golden Corral, yeah. <laughs> they have a salad bar, don't worry. <laughs> they have a salad bar, don't worry, I'm okay. Mike. <laughs> I'm trying to get it out there so I'll be accountable. I, um, but anyway, uh, what matters, folks, <laughs> Segwaying back from that, um, we need to get to know each other. Because the more you know somebody, the more likely you are to pray for them, the more likely you are to get connected with them, and the more likely you are to really want to minister together with them. Some of the greatest ideas I've heard people come up with is when, uh, especially when creative people get together and talk about what could be. You look at what happens in our bridge events. That's creative people coming together and talking. It's not my ideas. I'm like, I'm just the yes man. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, do it. Yes, do it. And then creativity comes out and this amazing stuff comes out. That happens when you get to know each other. We need to get to know each other. It's time to treat each other. It's time to start treating each other in the church like Jesus wants us to. Join your church. This has been a an unapologetic commercial for joining your church, not, not putting your name on a dotted line because all that is is ink, but putting your heart into a ministry and giving your life to a ministry and devoting yourself to a ministry because you know that's what you need to do as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know that's how Jesus will build his church and you know that's how this church will be incredibly effective in reaching this community. I have never been more excited to be a new lifer than I am right now in this season of my life. It's exciting. Oh, my goodness. 
I look around, I saw those kids pouring in, and I, I looked at Melvin and I wanted to say, I'm glad I'm not teaching them this morning. That's a lot of children, man. I love, I, I do, I, I like kids, I really do. I don't hate children, I love children, but I'm just not very good at teaching them and keeping them, hey kids, you wanna watch the Rams game? I mean, that's, that's about what I do, you know? Um, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of kids in there. I'm hoping that these people are ready for it. Um, it's exciting to see these things go on. It's exciting to hear all these babies in our church, isn't it? Hear all this, all this, all this baby noise. I don't get upset. I don't get angry with that or anything like that. I think it's cool because that's a future. It's a future. That's what we're building this church for. So, folks, let's jump on board. Let's jump in and see what God would have you do as a new lifer in East Long Meadow. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. And just the wonderful spirit, God, the overcoming power and grace that you bring to us. Thank you for the strength to move forward, the strength to go on, the strength to serve you. And God, I pray that each and every one of us would truly understand what it means to be a follower of yours, to truly know what it means to be someone that is attached and connected to a local church and how important it is. God, I pray that we'll all commit ourselves to honoring you, not being loyal to a church name, but being loyal to the mission that you have given to each and every one of us through the local church. Would you bless us as we go from this place? Would you give us uh, your power and your grace and your strength to do what you've called us to do? May we walk through every open door. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Just before you leave, if I could have a couple, of, a few individuals come up, we'll take up our morning offering. Give us God has blessed you. If you're a guest with us here today, we don't ask that you participate. Uh, this is our responsibility to take care of our church. You're welcome to if you'd like, but um, don't uh, don't uh, feel obligated. Once the plate passes, you are dismissed. Have a great week.